Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome to the college football, um, I don't really know what to call this episode, basically uh, go over the coaching news, uh, playoff news, transfer portal news, conference championship games, and then lay out the bowl games for you. I'll I'll go over each one. It won't be as in-depth as uh, future previews. Um, Likely what I will do is like a week-by-week or maybe a two-week-by-two-week preview of the bowl games. Today I'm just going to like give you the overview of who all is playing and what games, and then later on down the line um, I will give you more in-depth previews. So we'll start with the one game that is going to come up this week, which is the Army-Navy game, okay? It's the last regular season, quote-unquote, game of the year. Navy is a one-point favorite in this matchup. The over-under is 33 total points. The under in service academy games is 43-9-1 since 2005. The last 14 Army-Navy games have all gone under the total points as well. So that is the one game we have this weekend. The only college football game until Friday, December 16th, I believe is the date. Um, i got to check really quick now that I've said that to make sure. Yes, the first two bowl games are Friday, December 16th. So we have Army-Navy this weekend, then we have to wait for those games. Let's go over the uh, conference championship game results now. Utah defeated USC 47-24 to win the Pac-12 championship. Caleb Williams had 363 passing yards, 3 touchdowns, 1 interception, and 21 overall rushing yards. He limped through most of the game with what the team is calling a significant hamstring injury. Excuse me, it is unknown whether or not he will be playing in the team's bowl game as of right now. Uh, More news on that is supposed to be coming out soon. On the other side, Cam Rising had 310 yards, 3 touchdowns, and I'm going to say this name wrong, Jaquindon Jackson, 105 yards rushing, two touchdowns for the Utes in their Pac-12 championship win. Uh, UTSA defeated North Texas 48-27 in the Conference USA uh, championship game. Frank Harris for UTSA, 341 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, 49 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown to his name. Uh, Kevorian, Kevorian Barnes, if I'm saying that right. 175 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Zachary Franklin, Zachary, Zachary, uh, Franklin, 10 receptions, 144 yards, and three touchdowns. Then the rest of the games on Saturday, Kansas State defeated TCU 31-28 in overtime to win the Big 12 championship game. Max Duggan, 251 passing yards, one passing touchdown, one interception, 110 yards rushing, and a rushing touchdown to his name. Looked like he was about to die on the field after his late game heroics to send the game to overtime. Uh, had a touchdown that wasn't a touchdown. Um, called back in overtime. They get stuffed. Kansas State goes on to win. Quentin Johnson, four receptions for 139 yards. Will Howard for the Wildcats, 199 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. Somehow negative three rushing yards still amounts to a rushing touchdown for Will Howard. Deuce Vaughn, 130 yards and a touchdown as well. He was used as a slot receiver. Um not even just running bubble screens, but also running slants and stuff downfield to help confuse TCU's defense. It was a great game to watch overall. Toledo defeated Ohio 17-7 in the MAC championship game, but no real crazy stat lines there. And even if I tried to write something down, I just wasn't impressed with the stat lines, and I didn't watch the game to say who specifically played out of their minds or great. You know what I mean. 
Um, Troy defeated Coastal Carolina 45-26 to to win the Sun Belt Championship. Grayson McCall for the Chanticleers. 319 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, one interception, 18 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown to his name all after it was in doubt whether or not he would even be playing in this game. Uh, Tyson Mobley as well for the Chanticleers, seven receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Gunnar Watson, Troy's quarterback, uh, 318 yards and three touchdowns. Rajay Johnson, four receptions, 134 yards, and two touchdowns as well. Uh, Georgia defeated LSU 50-30 to to win the SEC championship. Jaden Daniels for the Tigers, 208 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. He left at halftime after re-injuring his ankle. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer came in, 294 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Um, yes, the freshman who started in place of Daniels for the second half. That was Nussmeyer. Malik Neighbors, five receptions, 128 yards, one touchdown. Kayshawn Booty, six receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown as well. Stetson Bennett on the other side of the ball, 274 yards and four touchdowns. Kendall Milton, 113 rushing yards for the Bulldogs. Tulane defeated UCF 45-28 to to win the American Athletic Championship. John Reese Plumley, holy cow, 209 yards, one touchdown. Uh, then on the other side, Michael Pratt, 394 passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception, 48 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. Tajay Spears, 199 rushing yards and a touchdown. Deuce Watts, three receptions, 134 yards and a touchdown. And Shea Wyatt, five receptions, 110 yards and two touchdowns. Fresno State defeated Boise State 28-16 to win the Mountain West Championship. Uh, Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner had 184 yards and a touchdown. The only stat line that stuck out to me, and it's just because I know Jake Hayner's name. Michigan defeated Purdue 43-22 to win the Big Ten Championship. Aiden O'Connell for the uh, Boilermakers, 366 yards and two interceptions. Charlie Jones, his favored target, uh, 13 receptions, 162 yards. Um, no touchdowns, though. J.J. McCarthy for the Wolverines, 161 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Donovan Edwards on the ground, 185 yards and a touchdown to his name. The final conference championship game I will talk about. Clemson defeated North Carolina 39-10 to to win the ACC championship. Drake May, only 268 passing yards and two interceptions. Also had 24, wow, 24 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. His favorite receiver, Josh Downs, had 11 receptions for 100 yards. On the Clemson side, Cade Klubnick started a quarterback over DJU. He had 279 passing yards, one passing touchdown, and 30 rushing yards with a rushing touchdown. Cole Turner, three receptions, 101 yards for the Tigers. i got to scroll back up and see where I want to go next. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the uh, college football playoff. will expand to 12 teams in 2024 and 2025. This decision was confirmed after the Rose Bowl agreed to the expansion. The main sticking point that caused the holdup was the Rose Bowl wanting to keep its spot on New Year's Day. Uh, the Power 5 Conference Championships and the top-ranked Group of 5 Conference Champion will clinch automatic berths into the playoff under the new format, and the next six at-large spots will be determined by the six highest-ranked non-conference champions. Top four conference champions receive first-round buys. The other eight teams will play games at the campuses of the better-ranked team. Further into the bracket, the games will be played at bowl game locations. So that's all the news that I've got on that. Next, let's go to the coaching news that I have for you. 
Uh, Coastal Carolina head coach Jamie Chadwell is expected to be named the next head coach at Liberty, replacing Hugh Freeze after he left for Auburn. Chadwell went 39-22 and in five seasons at Coastal Carolina. Uh, Tennessee offensive coordinator Alex Golesh um, is leaving his role uh, to become the new head coach at the University of South Florida, USF, the Bulls. Um, no prior head coaching experience there. The same thing USF did last time, hiring an offensive coordinator with no head coaching experience. Uh, Louisville head coach Scott Satterfield is leaving to take the same position at Cincinnati, replacing head coach Luke Fickle after he went to Wisconsin. Satterfield has gone 72-40 and 40 overall in nine seasons. He went 47-16 and 16 in five years at Appalachian State and 25-24 and 24 in four years at Louisville. Many considered Satterfield to be on the hot seat at Louisville, so just why not go sign a new contract somewhere else to get out of that hot seat? Take off the hot pants, put on some fresh pants, you know what I'm saying? Um, the last piece of coaching news, I could do a whole episode on how crazy this one is going to be. Jackson State head coach Deion Sanders has been named the new head coach at Colorado. Uh, coach Prime has what many consider to be one of the worst FBS rosters from this past season, but he's made them the center of the football world in the last few days since announcing his new move. Um, he's already announced that his son will be the starting quarterback. Uh, he said things such as, we don't have money right now, but it's coming. Uh, he's made his players sign a waiver saying that compu- or computers, cameras will be following them at all times and they can publish anything they see fit to grow their brands, whether it's as the team or as the players individually. And uh, he gave the great quote, which I can't say it word for word because I've only seen the press conference the one time. But um, he basically said, um, seeing in person... Um, this program, seeing in person the environment around the school, seeing in person the atmosphere of the town and feeling what people want. It's clear that all that the town and the university want is to win. And by God, he's going to give it to him is basically what he had to say at his uh, introductory press conference. So that will be very interesting to watch. Um, many people I've listened to think it's either going to go spectacularly well and he's going to turn the program around quickly or it's going to fail spectacularly and this team isn't going to go anywhere fast but going 1-11 last season there's only really only one way to go and that's up um (laughs) there's no you have to go 0-12 to be worse than last year the amount of people that uh he is likely to bring through the transfer portal like Travis Hunter from the um, Jackson State team that he just assembled, his own son obviously coming to play quarterback. Um, it's it's uh, going to be very interesting to see what Dion can come up with in terms of just having a roster at Colorado. Um, people saying he's going to have a problem recruiting to Colorado. Any recruit that gets a phone call or a text from Dion Sanders is at least going to answer it and come meet up. Don't fool yourselves. Don't act like that's not the case. And don't lie to make you feel like they're not going to be a powerhouse, at least in recruiting. Even if they don't have the success on the field, they're going to bring in some highly touted people. Whether it's bounce back years in the transfer portal after they don't get the playing time they want, or just straight out of high school, he's going to find ways to uh, bring in some high-end talent. And that team is, like I said, has nowhere to go but up. So it'll be very interesting to see how that goes for him. Speaking of the transfer portal, it opened I'm recording this on Tuesday the 6th. It opened yesterday, December 5th. Um, DJ 
Uyagalale, I tried to say it this time, sorry if I butchered it, uh, from Clemson, Devin Leary from NC State, Drew Pine from Notre Dame, and Hudson Card from Texas are among the biggest names to enter with over 500 total student-athletes from the FBS joining the day the portal opened. So I'll go through a couple of the big names. I think I got four here. And like teams that are interested or where they might end up going. Um, so yeah, we'll start with DJU. Anywhere on the West Coast, which would be close to home, um, is something DJ is looking at. Um, or is more heavily reported that he's looking at anyways. Uh, UCLA is the big one I've heard. Washington would have been a big one, but it looks like Michael Penix is coming back, so there's no way he would beat him out. Um, so yeah, anywhere on the West Coast, it looks like DJU is open to going. There's also rumors of Kentucky uh, for him to replace Will Levis when he leaves for the draft, as they have a lot of the same characteristics. The build, the um, arm talent, anything, they resemble each other, even if they aren't equal <laughs> in terms of actual quality. So yeah, anywhere in the West Coast or maybe somewhere like Kentucky for DJU. Next, I have Devin Leary. Uh, I've heard Notre Dame and Illinois and Missouri. Notre Dame, just because they're quarterback needy, they're also in on another quarterback on this list. Um, Illinois, uh, Devin Leary's brother is already on the roster. And Missouri, the offensive coordinator that um, originally recruited Leary to NC State, uh, left and went to coach at Missouri. His name, Eli Drinkowitz. He's now the head coach there. Um, we already saw Michael Penix transfer from Indiana to go meet back up with Kalen DeBoer at Washington. I almost said Wisconsin. That would have been bad. But um, we've already seen success stories like that. Devin Leary may be another one if he goes to Missouri. Um, Notre Dame, for me, would be very interesting as that's a quarterback needy team. But like I said, the next person on this list also has Notre Dame listed, so maybe it depends who goes there first, who actually gets the, uh, who gets the nod and is actually going to be the starting quarterback. Um, Illinois would be another one, but they're not a pass heavy or crazy, like he's not going to have big numbers if he goes to Illinois, basically is what I'm trying to say. Uh, next person, Hudson Card from Texas. Notre Dame is the big fish in the pond for Hudson Card. Oregon might be another player if Bo Nix goes to the NFL draft, but Hudson Card is someone that all the experts and analysts say will fit just about anywhere that he wants to go as he has the talent to, uh, become starter just about anywhere in the country. You could tell that when he was even hobbled, filling in for Quinn Ewers, uh, keeping Texas afloat while he was out. Um, even with a bum ankle, Hudson Card would keep them in games and even win them. So he's definitely got the talent. Um, just looking for a situation where he can play more, knowing that Quinn Ewers is there and Arch Manning is coming in, meaning he's likely not going to get many looks after the season. And the last name I have on my list is Spencer Sanders. There are no big names that have been reported yet, but it's imagined by many that any quarterback coach without a huge talent on the roster in front of them would take a shot to try and rope in Spencer Sanders with his turnover problems and try to make him more consistent, excuse me, and a more dangerous overall product. Um, definitely if Sanders could um, reduce the interceptions that he has, uh, he could definitely be a, a higher tier quarterback than what he's considered at Oklahoma state. Um, I did read, this is like sad to me. Um, this sad statistic, as I have it labeled here, only 40% of the players who enter the transfer portal will find a place on another team's roster. So that's just kind of a brutal reality check for some of those kids. But um, yeah, just sad to think of the 500 kids, just over half of them aren't even going to uh, 
or sorry, just under half of them aren't even going to find a new team. But then again, it rings the point that a lot of people that you've never even heard of are entering the transfer portal just in hopes that someone will reach out. They might not ever get a call because no one else might have heard of them besides the team that recruited them there. So, anyways, be interesting to see where those guys go. Maybe I'll have to do a special if some of them start announcing soon as to what's going on there. The next thing I want to talk about before we get into the bowl games was the Heisman finalists were announced. Um, I'll start with my least likely to win it and go to my favorite to win it. Um, so we'll start with Stetson Bennett, the quarterback at Georgia. 3,425 passing yards, 20 passing touchdowns, 6 interceptions with a 68.1% completion percentage, 184 rushing yards, and 7 rushing touchdowns. Stetson hasn't done anything spectacular in their games. He's got a great arm, great accuracy, as you can tell. He has the best, actually, uh, completion percentage of any quarterback that is in the Heisman uh, shortlist, if you want to call it. Um yeah, he he definitely just plays more as um, not to lose. Like, you could probably plug any of the other three quarterbacks into Georgia and not see a dip in performance from me personally thinking about it. That's why I have him last. Next, I'd say C.J. Stroud is third place for me. The quarterback at Ohio State, 3,340 passing yards, 37 passing touchdowns, six interceptions on 66.2% completion percentage, 74 rushing yards only. Um... I just don't think, with the talent that he had, I know Jackson Smith and Chigba was out most of the year, blah, blah, blah. He still had Marvin Harrison Jr. He still had Cade Stover at tight end. He still had the uh, three or four running backs out of the backfield that caught passes. He still has, he tied for the most passing touchdowns with uh, another finalist on this list. Um, he has the second highest completion percentage, but he also has the least amount of rushing yards, meaning he's quite one-dimensional, and he might be accurate, but... I definitely don't think any, again, I think you could plug any of the other three finalists into Ohio State and not see too much of a dip in performance. That's kind of my thing is like, if you put this person, say we put Stetson Bennett at Ohio State, are you really going to see a drop off? If you go from, actually had more passing yards, he had fewer passing touchdowns, but let's be honest, Georgia's a more balanced team, not just pass-heavy attack. Same amount of interceptions, but Setson Bennett had a 1.9% better completion percentage, he had 110 more rushing yards, and he had 7 touchdowns rushing, and C.J. Stroud had 0. So, is Setson Bennett even a drop-off to, compared to C.J. Stroud? That's my old thought. Um, Second for me, Max Duggan, the quarterback at TCU, 3,321 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, 4 interceptions on a 64.9% completion percentage, 404 rushing yards, and 6 rushing touchdowns. Um, he has the most rushing yards, tied for the fewest interceptions, but he also has the lowest completion percentage. Also, by 19 yards, has the least amount of passing yards. But you cannot argue that if you took Max Duggan out of TCU's system, even if you replaced him with C.J. Stroud, the ability for Duggan to move, run, create um, for his team, the heart and the will that he had not, I mean, to win, but also just he refused to lose a game. Um, I just don't think you can replicate that. Um, I think he's he's almost as valuable as the person that I have number one on this list to their team. But I still think my favorite to win the Heisman and probably most people's Caleb Williams, quarterback at USC, 
He threw for 4,075 yards, 37 passing touchdowns, only four interceptions on 66.1% completion percentage, 372 rushing yards, and 10 rushing touchdowns. So to put that in perspective for you, he had 650 more passing yards than the next closest person. He's tied for the most passing touchdowns with C.J. Stroud. He's tied for the fewest interceptions with Max Duggan. He's got the third highest completion percentage by a full 2% behind Stetson Bennett, but 0.1% behind C.J. Stroud. He's got the second most rushing yards only by 32 yards to Max Duggan. And if this takes into account the Big 12 Championship game and the Pac-12 Championship game, that's where he lost that advantage. And then he has 10 rushing touchdowns, which is three more than the next closest person, which is Stetson Bennett. I just don't think if you put any of those other three quarterbacks into that system, they're as dynamic, can create on the fly, and make some of the ridiculous plays that Caleb Williams made for USC. And that's why I think Caleb Williams should win the Heisman Trophy this season. But now let's just quickly kind of go over uh, the uh, bowl games this season. I'll kind of just tell you the games on what days today. And then, uh, like I said, future episodes, I'll do more in-depth previews of each game, what I think will happen and who I'd pick to win, yada, yada, yada. So we'll start with the college football playoff games. Or should we? Should we start with the playoff games? Actually, let's start with every other bowl game. So we'll skip the college football playoff games, the Fiesta and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and we'll skip the New Year's Six games, um, the Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl, and Rose Bowl. And then we're just going to go to every other bowl game right now. So starting off Friday, December 16th, we have two Miami, Ohio versus UAB in the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, don't really have any instant reaction to this game. I'm not too familiar with either team. The next game, though, might be one of the most anticipated for me uh, bowl games of the entire bowl season. UTSA versus Troy in the Cure Bowl. Troy had a ridiculously efficient game against Coastal, excuse me, Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt Championship game. Gunnar Watson, that I told you had 300 and some odd passing yards earlier. He only had, he went 12 of 17 passing. Tell me that's not ridiculously efficient. Okay, UTSA is known for putting up points, having a semi-solid defense. Um, Troy is known for having a great defense. They also gave up 26 to a banged-up quarterback in Grayson McCall with Coastal Carolina last week. I think if UTSA's offense shows up and Troy's defense plays like it did last game, this game is probably going to be played somewhere in the 60-70 total points range easily then saturday december 17th the scott satterfield bowl cincinnati versus louisville the head coach leaving louisville going to cincinnati playing each other in the fenway bowl this game has been canceled for i believe the last two or three or four seasons so they've never actually had it um so it'll be interesting like i said whoever wins gets to keep the head coach right um yeah so cincinnati's been shaky this season luke fickle leaving uh louisville Depends if Malik Cunningham is playing, how that'll go. Um, but yeah, I don't know anything else specifically for this uh, matchup. SMU versus BYU is the next one uh, in the New Mexico Bowl. If I didn't say this is Saturday, December 17th, I'm sorry. I just kind of realized I was excited about some of these matchups and just kept going. SMU versus BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. Uh, SMU can score, plays no defense. BYU is physical, but also doesn't have really anything on either side of the ball. So that could be another high-scoring game. Think back to SMU's 77-63 game against Houston for reference. Washington State versus Fresno State in the L.A. Bowl. 
Uh, Washington State's got the new upgraded defense this season. Fresno State's got Jake Hayner and a team that refuses to quit with him at the helm. Rice versus Southern Miss in the Lending Tree Bowl. Rice is the only team not to win six games to still get to play in a bowl game. Uh, old, I believe, Conference USA vibes or, or Sun Belt? No, 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 no. I don't remember now. I shouldn't have said that. But um, I don't remember what conference they used to play in. But anyways, Southern Miss versus Rice in the Lending Tree Bowl might be one of the least watchable bowl games of the entire season. Next game up, Florida versus Oregon State in the Las Vegas Bowl. That one's going to be a banger. Anthony Richardson playing against the Oregon State defense that's highly touted. Um, that'll be a fun matchup to watch. Final game on this day, North Texas versus Boise State in the Frisco Bowl. North Texas just fired their coach because the athletic director is gone and the new one, or the old one was the only one keeping the head coach in place. So be interesting to see how that game goes. Boise State just losing the Mountain West title to Fresno State last game out. See if they come out with revenge on their minds or just going out to play the game. Monday, December 19th, we have Marshall versus UConn in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Marshall, it's their 18th bowl appearance. They're 12-5 overall before. It's UConn's first bowl appearance since 2015 when they lost to, you guessed it, Marshall. Tuesday, December 20th, Eastern Michigan versus San Jose State in the Potato Bowl. San Jose State crumbled defensively down the stretch. Eastern Michigan had a better season on recent record, 8-4. Very interesting game to see how that plays out. Liberty versus Toledo in the Boca Raton Bowl. This will be interesting if uh, Jamie Chadwell is coaching it for Liberty. See how his first game in charge goes. Um, yeah, Toledo with their quarterback. I think I don't know his first name. I'm blanking right now. I'm sorry. I know his last name's Finn. Um, as long as he's playing and healthy, they should be good in this game as well. Uh, Wednesday, December 21st, Western Kentucky versus South Alabama in the New Orleans Bowl. Uh, Western Kentucky, a team that either puts up a lot of points or holds the other team to no points. South Alabama, almost the exact same, coming from the Sun Belt. So that'll be interesting to see how that one goes. Anyways, um, Thursday, December 22nd, the only game we got is Baylor versus Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl. The Big 12 defense and Blake Shapin on offense oof, against Air Force and that triple option threat. Be very, very interested to see how that one turns out. Uh, Friday, December 23rd, Louisiana versus Houston in the Independence Bowl. Houston massively disappointed. I will probably talk about that when I do my when I do my college football season review podcast. I thought they were going to be good enough to win the American. They went what six and six or seven and five this season. Um, defense massively disappointed. The offense massively disappointed. See if their head's in this game or if they just want the season to be over. The next game we got Wake Forest versus Missouri in the Gasparilla Bowl. Um, yeah, that should be decently high-scoring affair. Wake Forest, obviously, you know, they like to score points with Sam Hartman at the helm. Missouri um, with Lester Burt, is it Luther Burden, I'm so sorry, uh, playing with a chip on his shoulder. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check his Instagram out. Super funny sponsorship announcement there. Saturday, December 24th, Christmas Eve, and we don't really have a Christmas Eve-worthy game. It is Middle Tennessee State versus San Diego State in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, San Diego State plays stout, stout defense. Middle Tennessee State, uh, don't know much about, not even going to lie to you. Monday, December 26th, the day after Christmas, Boxing Day if you're English. Uh, New Mexico State versus Bowling Green in the Quick Lane Bowl. New Mexico State had to play Valparaiso just to become bowl-eligible. Playing a Bowling Green team that's used to some midweek action. 
Um, I don't expect a lot from New Mexico State, seeing as they had to play an FCS school to play in an FBS bowl game. Tuesday, December 27th, Georgia Southern versus Buffalo in the... I feel like that definitely got auto-corrected. Camellia Bowl? I got to check that. I'm sorry, doing it on air. But I'll say Georgia Southern versus Buffalo. Buffalo is... uh, Took at them playing their rescheduled game against Akron to even become bowl eligible. Um, Georgia Southern playing in the Sun Bowl, I believe, as well. Um, oh, no, it is the Camellia Bowl. I don't even know what that is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I Georgia Southern, another okay team, finished 6-6. Six and six, Buffalo as well, not anything crazy there. Memphis versus Utah State in the first responder bowl might be the actual least anticipated or least hyped bowl game of the entire season it's a shame that those people put on a bowl for the first responders uh people that deserve honor and respect and that's what they get as the matchup next game coastal carolina versus east carolina in the birmingham bowl um yeah that'll be a very interesting one as well to see how coastal carolina responds to their head coach leaving and east carolina for getting the chance to play an in-state well not in-state but uh (laughs) local rivalry sorry um, Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State in the guaranteed rate bowl. This one will be fun seeing if Luke Fickle is coaching this game. Um, if Jim Leonard stays on the staff after not being hired as head coach uh, against Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders leaving and the offense and the team that fell apart due to injuries at the end of the regular season, how they play against the Big Ten defense. Wednesday, December 28th, UCF versus Duke in the military bowl. Um, both teams like to score points, but UCF likes to run it and waste time off the clock. I shouldn't say waste time because that's their whole game plan, but takes time off the clock, less offensive prowess. Should still be a great game, though. Kansas versus Arkansas in the Liberty Bowl, the battle of how to say Kansas. Um, if it's Arkansas or if it's Arkansas, uh, hopefully we can decide that with this game. Um, Kansas is... Offense likes to play fun games against bad defenses. Arkansas's got a bad defense with the funky offense. So should be fun to see if the SEC defense can stop a Big 12 offense. That'll be fun to see too. Another fun game here, Oregon versus North Carolina in the Holiday Bowl. This matchup probably two weeks ago would have deserved a way better bowl game than the Holiday Bowl. But understandable at the end of the season, North Carolina losing three straight, Oregon losing to Oregon State and not making the Pac-12 championship game. Um... Yeah, that'll be exciting to see. They'll probably put up 70 points in that game as well. Then we got Texas Tech versus Ole Miss in the Texas Bowl. If this game was played in Lubbock, you already know what I would say. Texas Tech to win by a million. Ole Miss probably should be able to control this game relatively well, though. Um, The next day, Thursday, December 29th, we have Syracuse versus Minnesota in the Pinstripe Bowl at Yankee Stadium. Uh, Not much I have to say about this one. Minnesota is probably going to wipe the floor with Syracuse if I had to guess right off the top of my head. Syracuse fell apart with injuries and player performance in total at the end of the season. Uh, Minnesota kind of had injuries in the middle of the year. Derail what could have been a great season. Mo Ibrahim, if he's playing, will probably be able to dominate Syracuse's defense. Oklahoma versus Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, This could be a massive letdown spot for Florida State, or they could go out to prove a point against Oklahoma. Oklahoma definitely got a better bowl than they were expecting at 6-6 six and six on the season. Florida State going 9-3. and three. Um, Very, very interested to see if Florida State can keep up the momentum Excuse me, that they built uh, throughout the end of the regular season. Texas versus Washington in the Alamo Bowl was the last game on this day. This one will be a really fun game to see Quinn Ewers versus Michael Penix. 
um, just to see how Texas matches up with Washington, to be honest, because they don't have a stellar defense on their own, but neither does Washington, so this should be a good game to watch. Friday, December 30th, Maryland versus NC State in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Not really sure what to make of this game yet, because like I said earlier, Devin Leary leaving NC State. That means MJ Morris or Ben Finley is going to be starting. Maryland with, I don't know how to say his name, Telia, Telia Tagovailoa, uh, to his brother. Very interesting to see how he plays again against a pretty good NC State defense. Uh, Pitt versus UCLA in the Sun Bowl. Pitt's kind of one of those teams that doesn't score a lot of points, but also doesn't give up a lot of points. UCLA is a team that goes out to try to score a lot of points, so that'll be fun to watch. Notre Dame versus South Carolina in the Gator Bowl. South Carolina on the second half of the season surge, playing Notre Dame, which had a 0-2 start to finish the year 8-2. Um, kind of the same exact thing as South Carolina, except probably a little more dominant in the games that they played. Um, Ohio versus Wyoming in the Arizona Bowl. Don't know hardly anything about either of these teams. Won't even try to make anything up. We'll move to Saturday, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Iowa versus Kentucky in the Music City Bowl. Talk about a snooze fest. Iowa against Kentucky. And Will Levis like will not be playing for Kentucky, if I had to guess, to save his draft stock, which I can't believe he has any of. Anyways, Monday, January 2nd, the last two bowl games that aren't on the playoffs or New Year's Six games. Mississippi State versus Illinois in the ReliaQuest Bowl. This is going to be a sneaky good game for me. Seeing Mississippi State with the air raid system of Mike Leach go against Illinois and their pretty good secondary, pretty good defense overall. Uh, styles make fights, and this is one that I couldn't have picked better myself. LSU versus Purdue in the Citrus Bowl is the last one I've got here. Uh, LSU crumbling late in the season, and Purdue, who only lost in the Big Ten Championship game, to Michigan. That should be a fun matchup as well, as long as there's no major opt-outs in that one, which I don't think there should be. So now we'll go to the New Year's Six Bowl games. There's only four games, but that's because the college football playoff semifinals count as two of the six New Year's Six games. Makes perfect sense. Friday, December 30th, in the all-orange Orange Bowl, we have Clemson versus Tennessee. It is Clemson's first Orange Bowl since 2015 and Tennessee's first since 1998. Very interested to see how the defensive front from Clemson holds up against Tennessee's offense. Very interested to see how Joe Milton, who is likely to take Hendon Hooker's place next season, plays against a very good defense in Clemson. Um, a lot of intrigue in that game. Uh, can't wait to see how that one turns out. Saturday, December 31st, Alabama versus Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl. It's Alabama's first Sugar Bowl since the 2017 College Football Playoff Semifinal, and Kansas State's first New Year's Six Bowl since 2012 when they played in the Fiesta Bowl. That should be a fun matchup with Alabama's um, opt-outs like Bryce Young, Will Anderson, opening up more for Kansas State in terms of um, pass protections um, on offense and pass coverages on defense. Uh, let's see. The next one I've got, Monday, January 2nd, is the last two. Tulane versus USC in the Cotton Bowl. This is TCU's fourth bowl appearance under head coach Willie Fritz after they went 2-10 last season. Crazy enough. And then USC in this game as well is seeking their first bowl win since the 2017 Rose Bowl after going 4-8 and eight last season. Huge turnaround success stories here. Like I said, 2-10 and 4-8 and and playing in the Cotton Bowl Classic. Like I said earlier, questionable if Caleb Williams plays or not, but still an intriguing matchup with or without him on the playing field. The gridiron, whatever you like to say. Sorry, messed that up bad. And the final one, Utah versus Penn State in the Rose Bowl. 
Utah lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl last season, and this is Penn State's first Rose Bowl since 2016. Um, Joey Porter Jr., if I'm saying that right, I feel like I might have messed it up. But um, Penn State's star corner leaving for the NFL draft, not playing in this game. But I still think Penn State has the depth and the talent to take it to Utah. Whether they win or not, still should be a close and competitive game. Then we've got the college football playoff games, both on Saturday, December 31st. Michigan versus TCU in the Verbo Fiesta Bowl is the first matchup. This is Michigan's second college football playoff appearance, second in a row. TCU's first after they were dropped out of the first rankings from third to sixth for just not having a Big 12 championship game in 2014. So that one is the first game uh, in the afternoon. The second game in primetime, I'm I'm excited. I will be at this game. We have Georgia versus Ohio State in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Uh, Georgia's third college football playoff appearance and Ohio State's fourth. I think this is a game where... Uh, Ohio State is the one team that you could pick from the Final Four that would give Georgia the biggest fits um, in terms of like downfield weaponry, uh, the quarterback ability of C.J. Stroud. Um, Jackson Smith and Jay Wiz already announced he won't play. So just the standard Ohio State team with just Marvin Harrison Jr. playing wide receiver, no big deal. Um, but still, that's probably the most intriguing matchup to me between the two um, playoff games. But... I'm excited to see how those go. So like I said, I will uh, be back with more like specific bowl game previews. This was kind of just the overview of who's playing and what games. Um, so yeah, I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>